This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And for this episode, I'm going to be talking about a parable that Jesus told that if you've heard it before, you'll recognize it probably by the name, the parable of the sower. And if you haven't heard it before or haven't heard it in a long time, either way, uh, whether you're not familiar with it at all or you've heard of it several times, but you've probably only heard it talked about in the same context that I've ever heard it talked about. Whenever I heard sermons or talks or messages or read something about the parable of the sower, what it was talking about all the time, these sermons or ideas or messages or however I got this information, it was talking about how do we, the first time that we heard the gospel, how do we react? What kind of soil are we? And what I'm going to challenge each of us to is whether this is the first time you're hearing this story or whether you've heard it before, but you've heard it talked about in a certain way, I want to challenge you to hear it as if you're hearing it for the first time. Because I think that, and I've talked about this idea before, that I think sometimes familiarity with Scripture can sometimes hold us back and we go, yep, I know what box this fits into, so yep, I already got that covered in my life. And I think this parable is one of the things that falls into that category, that when we've only heard it talked about as how do you respond to make the decision, yes or no, to follow after Jesus, that's how people talk about this parable. And we go, okay, yeah, well, I already made that decision a long time ago, so I guess I can just kind of check out and not really pay attention. Why I believe whether you're there, and you've heard it, and you go, yeah, I already made my decision. Or whether you're listening and you're going, hey, I don't really know a whole lot about this faith stuff, and I don't know what I think about it. I want to encourage, no matter where you're at on that spectrum, to really hear what Jesus is saying. And before we get into it, I want to talk about something for a moment because I've mentioned this previously because there's a lot of, um, I don't, allusions isn't the right word, but it's the one that's popping into my head. There are a lot of references to plants and agriculture and things growing and how that process works throughout scripture. Because obviously Jesus and the people that he was talking to were a whole lot more connected to the land, to the soil, to, hey, we really need things to grow this growing season because we need food. They were a lot more connected to that than most of us listening right now are. Most of us, the way that we think is, man, I, if something ever happened to my local grocery store, 
then I'd be in trouble because if they can't get food, then I don't know what I'm going to do. But for most of human history, people were living and going, hey, we have to, we have to understand how plants grow. We have to understand how to make the fruits and vegetables that we need to sustain ourselves and our families. We need to know how to do that. We need to be tied into making this a success. And because of that, they obviously needed it to rain at the right time and not rain at the right time and be sunny and not sunny at the right time. And the ebb and flow of growing seasons would have been a lot more familiar and a lot more built into their lives than it is for most of us, as I say, listening right now. So knowing that, understanding that's the backdrop, Jesus talks about, and maybe even if you're not familiar with scripture, then the idea of even calling it the parable of the sower is kind of a strange thing. That's a, you know, it's a farming term, but really we're removed enough, most of us, from that, that it really is now a biblical term, right? You reap what you sow. You've probably heard that phrase before. And it's talking about the reaping is the harvest, the sowing is the planting. And so Jesus is telling a parable about planting seeds. And what he does often when he tells these parables is he's teaching through telling a story that would be familiar or that would connect in some way with his audience. But it's pointing to a deeper truth. And so when he tells these stories, what we really need to be on the lookout for throughout them is how does God show up in this story and how do I show up in this story? Because that's what Jesus was doing is he's, he's talking about really day-to-day stuff, again, for the people he was talking to, maybe not for us, but day-to-day stuff that told a deeper truth about what God was like, about what his kingdom looked like on earth, about how as a result of knowing him and loving him, our lives change. So with that backdrop, I want to read from Matthew chapter 13, and I'll start reading in verse 3. Jesus told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed, went out to plant his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So I want to stop there because 
that's what Jesus did. He told that story right there, and then he was done. Now, the next verse tells us that his disciples came to him, and they asked him, this was their question, okay? They said, why do you speak to the people in parables? Now, do you understand that they were sort of in that moment asking, can you tell us what that meant? I don't want to come out, come right out and ask, hey, what does this story mean? Instead, I'm going to ask, Jesus, why do you teach in these parables like that? Because I don't want to make it obvious that I need you to explain, but I kind of need you to explain. And he went on and he talked a little bit. He quoted from, uh, from the book of Isaiah and he talked about the use of teaching in parables is for those who get it, they get it. For those who don't want to, those who aren't open, those who, um, you know, what he says when he quotes from Isaiah, he says, though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. And so I want to talk a little bit about Jesus' explanation of this parable. Because what he was doing here is he's communicating this truth about God and his kingdom and what it looks like to say yes to him. And he's really inviting us to ask, what kind of soil am I? for when God wants to do something in my life. So when he explains it, he goes through. And so what I'm going to have to do is, you know, maybe I'm the most clueless person about growing plants. And I've told you before, Annalise and I just can't grow a plant to save our lives. For whatever reason, I can keep bamboo alive because all I got to do is keep water in the thing. But it's just not something that we're good at. So maybe I'm the most clueless plant person here, but I went and I did some research to figure out the significance of what Jesus was talking about with these different kinds of soil. So the first kind of soil, now he explains it, but he explains it to people who understand agriculture. And so I had to go, okay, thank you for that explanation, but now I have to go try to figure out agriculture too, right? So Jesus says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. So what I want to do here is help you understand, and maybe you already get it from just hearing that little thing, but I want to bring you on the journey with each of these of what I had to figure out and understand about soil and about growing and about what it looks like to plant something and bring it to life. So Jesus talks about this first kind of soil is the path. And, 
you know, for us, we think of path, we think of a cement sidewalk, right? Or a gravel walkway or something like that. But for this time, a path would have just been the well-worn spot where people and animals walked repeatedly between one point to another. And I'm guessing that we also have all seen those, whether it's out taking a hike, whether it's on a, you know, a trail, whether that's actually a hike or you're just kind of wandering through the woods or you're doing something along those lines, or if there are um, kind of pathways from when we park in our driveway, there's not a sidewalk that goes straight to our back door. So we cut across the grass and eventually that gets so beat down from repeated travel on top of it that that soil is packed down and it's hard and it's, it's not cement, obviously, but it's probably about as close as you can make dirt feel like cement because it just gets ground down from people in this case and people and animals in Jesus' case that just walked over and over and over this pathway. And so you can understand that if you tried to throw a seed on top of that, on top of your favorite hiking trail, or on top of your a walkway that you've sort of built because it's the shortest distance between point A and point B, your car and your back door. You know if you tried to plant something in that soil, it's not going to get down into that soil because it's kind of rock hard, right? And Jesus says that this is the soil, this is the person who when they hear, now I want you to see this because I I do want, if you've grown up and only heard this talked about as the presentation of the gospel message, Jesus says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom, now I really believe that what I've been trying to do with this podcast is in every episode in a slightly different way talk about the kingdom. And I really believe that when we read through scripture, when we follow Jesus and his teaching, when we understand uh, as Paul fleshes out more and more of what it looks like to follow him, I think these are messages about the kingdom. And so Jesus says, when we hear a message about the kingdom and don't understand it, he told that this is like the birds that come and they eat these seeds right off of the pathway because they're just laying right on top. He said it's like someone who just doesn't understand the message. And he says the evil one, the enemy, comes and snatches that away. Now, when I first read this and thought, okay, what does it look like to not understand? I thought, okay, that's 
pretty easy. It's someone who just isn't connecting the dots, right? It's someone who isn't following, someone who goes, I don't even really get, Jesus, what this truth about the kingdom is. I don't know what I'm supposed to do different. And I I do think that's one explanation of what it would look like to not understand. But I think another way that that looks is sometimes we know exactly what God wants from us, but we don't understand why. And so we're like, you know, God, I'm really not sure that that's the best way to do this. You know, we'll, we'll, I'll keep your thing on the back burner as like plan C, but I've got a couple other ideas that I think are going to make a lot more sense than the thing that you're telling me that I need to do. So it's not that we don't understand what God wants us to do. It's that we don't understand why he would want us to do it. We don't understand the value of what he wants us to do. And what happens in those moments is this truth about the kingdom. It's falling on hard soil, hard, beat-down, pathway soil. And we're just, we're not open. We're not available. We're not willing or we're not ready. And then Jesus tells about the next kind of soil. He says the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And again, I need to go and talk about what I understand now as I dug into what it looks like to grow plants. Because the rocky soil, what Jesus describes here, is almost a, a ground that has a layer of topsoil. So you can imagine an inch, two inches, three inches, who knows. And then under there is sort of a layer, but sort of mixed in rocks. And so what happens is the, okay, so you want, you probably have had the experience, whether it's jumping in water, you know, I live close by Lake Michigan, so that's my experience. And as you wade out further into the water, what does it do? It gets colder and colder and colder, right? Because the depth of that water, it sucks in the heat that's generated from the sun on the top layer of the water, and that energy slowly dissipates out through the whole area. Maybe you've dug a hole and you've seen that, man, as I get a little bit further down in this soil, it really gets kind of cool down here. And so I tell you that to tell you this, that if there's a little layer of rock that runs 
not too deep underneath that soil, that stops this dissipation of energy. And it keeps that heat, for the most part, trapped in that top layer of soil. And what happens is that warmer topsoil is perfect growing conditions at first. So it, it's the ideal situation for a seed to start growing, to start putting down roots, to start sticking a stem up through the ground, and to start grabbing as much of the as much of the sunlight as it can through its stalk and its leaves and all those things. But as it starts to try to put its roots down, it runs into this layer of rocks. It runs into this stuff that just doesn't allow it to continue to to grow down. And those roots have to stay real shallow in that hot part of the soil, right? Those top few inches of the soil that the soil just keeps getting baked by the sun and there's nowhere for that heat energy to dissipate downward into the deeper soil because that that rock layer is stopping it. But there's also nowhere for the root to dig down and get into the deeper layer of more nutrients of um, also, you know, more ideal temperature for a root. And so what happens is those roots, they get burned up because it's ideal growing conditions at first, but not for long. And Jesus says, This is like someone who, at first, gets really excited about it. Here's God's truth and is like, man, oh my word, I want to do that. That totally makes sense. I'm all in. And you know, I, I think that in the world that we live in, in 2019, I think it's a lot easier to be in this category than maybe we sometimes would think. Because if you think about for the fact that if you, or if you think about the fact that you can pull your phone out of your pocket, you can grab your laptop and you can have access to an unprecedented, unbelievable amount of information online. Now, some of it's helpful, some of it's not. Some of it's actually researched and put together by people who know what they're talking about, some of it's not. But whatever situation you find yourself in right now, you can Google and find something, right? Whether you're dealing with uh, something in a relationship, you can Google that. Something with parenting, you can Google that. Something with uh, your mood disorder, you can Google that. Something where you're trying to fix a part on your car, you can Google that. Something where you're trying to figure out, hey, I think I dropped something down the drain. I think we had this the other day. (laughs) Annalise accidentally dropped an earring down 
uh, in the sink. And because I've had to do this, not from her dropping something down, but because I've had to empty those traps out before, and I've Googled it when I had to do that, watch a YouTube video and go, huh, I'm not very good at doing any kind of house stuff, but I could do that. We live in a time with unprecedented access to information, which is amazing and unbelievable. But I think the whatever the opposite of a silver lining is, the downside is that it can leave us really vulnerable to this way of thinking, to having you know, the the jack of all trades and master of none kind of a thing where we're jumping from researching today's felt need and then as soon as I got that resolved to my satisfaction, even if it's not an actual resolution, I jump to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And so sometimes we read what God has to say in his word And we go, oh my word, that's exactly what I needed today. Yes, I'm going to put that into practice. And then a couple weeks go by and, you know, it's, it's not really the advice that we're feeling a deep need for in the moment. Now we've moved on. Our need is in some other avenue of life. And so we jump to the next thing. We initially receive it with joy, but we don't have any root. And Jesus describes that as when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And I I think that that definitely is a factor for some of us, but I think Really what can happen is um, the trouble that comes because of the word is the discipline of actually continuously applying it. And discipline isn't always a very attractive word or an attractive idea. And I think the temptation in 2019 the way it looks to be the shallow soil, I think in a lot of ways is jumping from one to the next to the next to the next thing and just going, hey, what's on my radar right now? What's the urgent fire I need to put out? What's the latest take from psychology today because I got to figure out how to fix the thing I'm dealing with and then move on. And when we treat God's word that way, we're this shallow soil where the truth of his word can't grow, at least not very well. Maybe it will for a short time, but if we don't have that root, it's just not going to last. Then he goes on and describes the third kind of soil that the seed falls on. He says the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word 
making it unfruitful. And again, I think this is one that is something that definitely is on our radar for struggling with in the world that we live in, right? It's, um, you know, the, the soil that Jesus describes here as you dig into it and figure out what's going on from an agricultural standpoint, this is really good soil. In fact, one of the commentaries I was reading said uh, the soil, in some ways, it's almost too fertile, right? Because it's growing thorns and weeds too easily. Like this is just, these are awesome growing conditions. But what happens is, This little plant, this little seed, even though it's in a perfect growing condition, the thorns and the weeds around it are competing for those same resources. And as it gets its roots down, the weeds and the thorns have done that too. And there's only a certain amount of nutrients, a certain amount of water, and above ground, there's only a certain amount of sunlight that you can get captured on your leaves when you're surrounded by a whole bunch of other plants. And Jesus says that the person, you know, who lives like this, someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So I I think of this being different from the last category because the last category is almost, um, it's almost entirely driven by what are we urgently feeling the need for in the moment, right? But this one, it really is talking about just being over busy, overwhelmed, over distracted by trying to have one too many or maybe five too many quote unquote priorities in life to the point that we end up having really no priorities because everything is so high on our radar and we're going, Oh man, I want to pursue this. I want to pursue this. I want to pursue this. I want to pursue that. I need to be successful in all these different avenues of life. And just like a plant, what ends up happening is there's only a certain amount of time, a certain amount of energy, a certain amount of resources that we as people have to give And what happens is everything competing just eventually chokes the life out of what God wants to do in our lives. I was actually talking to somebody recently in the past week or two where I was describing the work that I was doing before I came here to winning at home. I was on staff at a church and... That was a full-time or 
as close to full-time as you could be without being full-time role. Uh, I was also, the church was giving me housing, but I wasn't getting a a paycheck from the church. So I was working part-time, probably 20-ish hours a week for the local parks department. So was going around and uh, weed whacking at the parks and painting and picking up trash and all that kind of stuff, which I really loved being outside. And uh, and then I was also helping to get another nonprofit started. And so I was working on filling out some paperwork and, you know, I didn't, I don't have a background with that, but I can research and I can be really careful and do stuff that way. So I was doing those three things at the same time. And what I realized a couple months in is I think if I did any one of those three things, I could have done a job that I was really proud of. Maybe I could have gotten away with doing two of those things and doing a job that I was proud of. But I realized that if I was going to try to do all three of those things at the same time, I was going to feel like I was giving a medium, mediocre amount of effort to all these three different things. And when I think about what it looks like that Jesus is describing, this soil that's really good, but it's also growing thorns and weeds and competing for resources. I think a lot of us, if we really look at our schedule and we say, hey, these are the things I prioritize in life, we'll realize that there's not enough time. There are just not enough resources to go around. And maybe we have to start saying, what are some of the things that I'm going to have to give up? What are the things that I'm going to have to, maybe it's for a time, to say, you know what, in order to do one or two or three things well, I'm not able to try to do 10 things well because I'm doing them all half-heartedly. Then Jesus describes the fourth kind of soil. He said, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. And for this, I mean, I think for those of us who don't even have an agricultural understanding at all, this makes sense. Because we watch our trees in our backyard, they drop down acorns or they drop down those little Um, helicopter things, I don't know what they are, or the different plants in our garden, they drop little seeds. And plants, they try to reproduce themselves. They try to continue to grow and grow and expand. And Jesus says this is what happens when we get, when we understand the message when we let God work in our lives, what happens is that multiplies. Not because 
we're so great, not because we're amazing, but because people see what God's doing in our lives and they say, man, I'm, I'm really seeing that you're different than you were six months ago. You're different than you were five years ago. What's happening? Because your, your anger, it's, it's a lot less. I noticed that you don't react with sarcasm so quick. I noticed that you're not so quick to judge. I noticed that you're hearing that the things that are coming quickly and easily to my mind are things that hopefully people around me are seeing God working on those things. And you could fill in the blank with your things that the people around you are hoping, (laughs) right? That you're going to let God work in your life with these things. And Jesus says, when we do, what people around us see is they see God at work, and that multiplies. And when I read through this parable, I'm struck by the fact that the same farmer is planting seed, the same seed, And the difference is where it lands. So Jesus is challenging us. Don't be the path. Don't be the rocky soil. Don't be the thorny soil. Be the good soil. When you hear something, whether it's in a sermon on Sunday morning, whether it's as you're reading scripture or something else, whether it's through a conversation that you have with, uh, with another follower of Jesus or wherever, you know, whether it's just seeing some beauty in nature, seeing a piece of art that speaks to you and you go, wow, I don't know how that taught me this, but this reminds me of something that God wants me to do. Right? We, we hear and we're reminded of the truth of God and his kingdom in an almost unlimited number of ways. And what Jesus is saying is when that happens, when you're invited into letting, letting God's kingdom come to life a little bit more in your life, Be that good soil. Say yes to him. That's what I'm working on, and I want to invite you to do the same.